0: Hey y'all, this is Morgan Nelson. I am a beautiful creepster and creepinati member. You are listening to A Paranormal Chicks. I hope you enjoy this episode. Carrie and Donna are so awesome. Bye.
1: And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 10. And you just heard Morgan. Who is part of the Creepinati. So she got
0: to introduce the episode because she's a member of the Patreon at one of the levels that lets you introduce the episode. Yep. So if you want to introduce an episode, head on over. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and... We totally space cadeted last week. Yes. And we did not tell y'all that Wanima got to do it last episode for the same exact reason. So, Wanima, shout out. You did a great job.
1: Yes. I loved when she was like, beautiful creepster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Sinister settings 10. Holy crap. I know.
1: That's nuts. You want to just dive right in? Water's nice. Yeah. Get to read. Well, you know what? Just in case people don't make it to the end of these episodes, if you have stories like this, send them in.
0: Mm-hmm. Send them to our email address, aparanormalchicks at com, or you can go to our website and send it through there.
1: Mhm. Just wanted to get that out there, because we love these stories. Yeah, and it could be basically anything. Anything mm-hmm. paranormal, anything true crime,
0: anything spooky dooky.
1: anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't send it spooky.
0: No. Ew. Unless it's an emoji. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You want to go first? You go. Me? Okay. All right. So this one says, Hi, ladies. I was listening to one of your Sinister Sightings episodes, and some memories of my adventure in Savannah, Georgia came back to me. I can't believe I forgot them. Savannah is one of the most haunted cities in America. It makes sense that every time I go there, something weird happens. This story was terrifying when it happened, but it's funny to think of it now. On one trip to Savannah with some good friends, one of my good friends and I decided to visit the Bonaventure Cemetery. Bonaventure is one of the most beautifully landscaped cemeteries. It's also one of the largest. It covers a whopping 160 acres of land. Holy Holy shit. fuck.
1: You know how many people are dead in there?
0: All of them. Yep. So, of course, we had to see it. The only problem was the sun was setting and the cemetery closed at dark. We drove down the small streets of Savannah underneath the Spanish Moss, which really set the spooky scene. We made it to the cemetery just as the sun was disappearing beyond the horizon. But it was too late. The gates are locked. We stood at the gates deciding if we could somehow climb over or otherwise get around the gates. A huge crack of lightning hit the ground about 25 yards in front of us inside the cemetery. I don't know if you have ever been close to lightning, but it scared the shit out of us. We hit the (laughs) ground and we got the message stay out. We ran to the car, got in, and drove away as fast as we could, the whole time back to the hotel, laughing in relief about not getting hit by lightning. I think it was the spirits trying to tell us not to sneak into the cemetery after dark. I've never been that close to lightning before, and it was definitely scary. The next story takes place in Pirate Tavern. The Pirate Tavern has a rich history dating back to colonial times. It functioned as a tavern and an inn for pirates and sailors and has tunnels underneath where rum runners used to smuggle rum. Well, that's cool. Now you can get a bite to eat at this pirate-themed restaurant. I was with my parents during this trip. We loved the atmosphere and the food was good. My dad and I wanted to explore the tunnels, but guests are no longer allowed down there. Lucky for us, a server came by and said he would go down there and take photos for us. He even took a selfie. The staff at the restaurant was renovating where the guest rooms used to be upstairs and were hoping to open that area soon. But there was one problem. The pirate that inspired the antagonist in Treasure Island used to live in one of those rooms. And he haunts the upstairs.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: So, of course, my dad and I had to go explore. We went upstairs and walked around, checking out all the nooks and crannies. Then, nature called. We went to our respective bathrooms. Oddly enough, this is where the ghost story starts. I was doing my thing in the stall, and all of a sudden, I hear a knock, knock, knock on the wall next to me. Weird. Whatever. It's just the pipes. Then I hear it again. Three knocks in a row. I look around, afraid I'm going to see a face appear under the stall door, which is one of my biggest fears, by the way. Uh, yeah. Girl, preach.
1: hmm After listening to Let's Not Meet. Right. Oh, it's, yeah. so
0: fucked up from that. So, I hurry up and get out of the stall. I'm washing my hands, and I hear it again. Three steady knocks. That can't be the pipes. It sounds like a person purposefully knocking on the wall. Oh, it was probably my dad messing with me. I bet that wall is shared with the men's room. My dad knows I believe in ghosts and get freaked out easily, so he was most likely waiting outside to jump and scare me. Now that sounds like us. I quietly crept to the bathroom door. I burst out of the bathroom saying, ha, but no one was there. A few minutes later, my dad comes out of the bathroom. Very funny, I said. What? He asked. You were trying to scare me by knocking on the wall. My dad looked confused. I heard the knocking on the wall in the bathroom. I know it was you. He said I didn't knock on the wall. I was convinced he was messing with me and was going to crack a smile and admit the knocking on the wall. Come on dad. No really I didn't do anything. My dad started to look concerned. Now I was worried. If my dad hadn't been knocking who was? Then my dad smiled and said haha funny. He thought I was messing with him. No, really, I heard knocking, I said. I explained everything and how the knock sounded like someone was on the other side of the wall. My dad doesn't scare easy and doesn't believe in ghosts, but I could see by the look on his face that he was a little freaked out. We both quickly headed downstairs. We still don't know exactly what happened up there, but you decide. Did I really hear a spirit of a pirate sailor knocking on the wall, or was there a logical explanation? By the way, there was no active work going on upstairs that day. And there they are, my two spooky Savannah, Georgia stories. Hope you enjoyed. Keep up the awesome work with your podcast. Love you, Courtney. Oh
1: my God! <laughs> I know. I want to go to Savannah so freaking bad. I want to go to that cemetery. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go to the pirate place.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. I'm not really into pirates.
0: No. I mean, I would be down with the treasure.
1: Uh, yeah. The Give tre- me all the treasure. Yes, yes, yes. I love the booty.
0: Lots of booties. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Okay, we have an update. Ooh. And it's part two of the sleep paralysis story that we talked about like three or four episodes ago. So, hey, ladies, it's Sarah again with part two of that sleep paralysis story. So, a week after I sent my initial sleep paralysis story to you guys, I had a sort of negative event here in my new house. Thought you'd like to hear it. Um, of course we would. Picture it, California, 2018. (laughs) (laughs) It was 4 a.m. I was sleeping in my bed and rolled onto my stomach and brought my right arm to lay my head on and brought a pillow up close to me with my left arm. As I was falling back asleep, I heard my door softly creak open. I was thinking, aw, shit, it's back again. This is what I get for bringing up the sleep paralysis story. I thought about looking, but I couldn't because it was already at my bedside and I couldn't move. I was trying to scream, but it was muffled because my mouth wouldn't open. I tried to move, but could only manage to wiggle my right toes. I even tried to move my hand to try to physically pry open my mouth, but only the tip of my index finger moved. I did manage to slightly lift my right foot and tried to slam it on my bed, which did not work. I was trying not to freak out like last time because I'm not going to let it get the best of me like last time. The thing didn't get onto my bed this time, but it was talking to me. It sounded muffled and was speaking like it was rushing to tell me something, but it had a sort of hushed, rushed tone that reminded me of people saying prayers to themselves. It also sounded like it was something about the Lord, which is super weird because I'm pretty sure there's no demons that are religious. Before it left, it used its hand to lightly trace up my left bicep (gasps) and continued talking and whispered into my ear and then left. What? I was super scared while it was happening, but the fear subsided quite quickly after everything happened. My left ear that it was whispering in kind of felt weird, like warm, like it would after someone had their head leaning on it on yours. It's all very unsettling and I have yet to figure it all out. I think I'll try to see if my friend Michael A., the one who's in the Facebook group, will find whatever it is that keeps visiting me. I have a feeling that it might be this guy I've had dreams about for the past six or so years. I'm hoping it's him and he's trying to contact me but can't come through correctly or something. I don't know. It sure is spooky though. I really hope nothing happens after I send this story, but if it does, YOLO, I guess. <laughs> Keep up the great work, ladies. Love always, Sarah J. Holy shit. It, it traced its finger up her arm. I would die,
0: literally, literally die of a stroke right there. Oh I'd my be gosh, a goner. Right? Like, RIP, Carrie, because you gone. You dead. I no, mean, no, 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 no
1: mm It's only Mm-mm. sexy if Mm-mm. you're like significant others doing it, not a demon an unseen entity. Yeah. I don't know if it's a demon. It's probably not. Who knows?
0: Oh my god. Sarah! And like, I about would die. the
1: whispering in the ear. Holy shit. Yes. It touched her and whispered in her ear. Yes. And it's even worse because she can't understand it. It's just that rushed whispering gibberish, Mm-mm. basically. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm mm.
0: And why does she get the paralysis when it comes in? Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions that I don't know that anybody would know the answer to.
1: Uh, Creep mom. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Creep mom to the rescue. All right. So this one says, Hey there, my tale started while living with my ex-husband in Berkeley, California. He had been battling a pretty serious drug addiction, so needless to say, my life was pretty stressful. One day, while I was home alone with my cat, I decided to take a little nap on my living room couch. Yes, please. I fell asleep immediately, but soon began to hear footsteps on my hardwood floor. For context, my neighborhood was also somewhat crime-ridden, so my first thought was, shit, someone's breaking in. I tried to wake myself up, but felt like I had some pushback from the sleep world. When I finally opened my eyes, my cat was laying on top of the couch unbothered. This cat was scared of even a light breeze, so obviously, if someone had been breaking in, he would have been my first clue. After looking around to find no evidence of entry or exit, I chalked it up to a dream and closed my eyes. Immediately, it started again, so I forced my eyes to open, only to find my sweet, lazy little cat on top of the sofa. When I closed my eyes a third time, it resumed. It felt like someone or something was messing with me. The footsteps were so real, and they were circling the couch. They would get louder as they approached the end of the couch where my head lay and softer as they got towards my feet. However, I felt like if my cat is cool, then so am I, so I tried to ignore it and have my damn nap. From then on, this would happen every time I napped in that room, but the noises would change. The second time it happened, I heard what sounded like someone flapping sheets right near my ear. It reminded me of when someone is hanging laundry on the wire and they are flapping things to get out the excess water. It sounded very real and right in my ear. Again, like someone was trying to scare or annoy me. The third time it happened, I heard what sounded like an old-timey car motor running. This one was sort of neat because when do I ever get to hear that? A little bit about the house. Zillow describes it as a multi-occupancy home that contains 3,000 square foot in a building that was built in 1910. It has six bedrooms, four and a half baths. I lived in one of the two one-bedroom in-laws on the ground level, potentially in what might have been at one time a garage. I wondered if this explained the car noise. However, as my home life became more stressful, I started experiencing the sleep paralysis every time I slept, regardless of in which room. I would always hear someone walking in. At that point, it no longer scared me, but a lack of restful sleep took its toll on my health. In 2013, things eventually came to a head with my husband, and I left with my two month old. Oh, God. Once I was gone, so was the sleep paralysis, except for one pretty intense experience in my current home. This experience was arguably the worst. One night, I felt the sleep paralysis coming on. It also starts with a sense of dread and almost like static in my ears. But this time, it was following not by sound like the other times, but by the feeling of someone slowly pulling my blanket off my body.
1: Mm-mm, no, no, no.
0: Immediately in my head, I firmly said, oh, hell no. I felt angry, but in control, like someone who has had enough and is putting their foot down. Instantly, it stopped, and I haven't experienced it since. It's hard to say whether the blanket was actually pulled down because I shut it down right as it started. So it would only have been a couple of inches. I still think about it every night, but I feel like keeping my outlook as positive as I can, as well as taking ownership of the fact that my life is mine, helps. I don't care about the scientific explanations for sleep paralysis. They just feel sinister. Like, they feed on negativity and fear. So I say, buck up and say no. Well, thanks for hearing my story. Y'all are the bomb dot com. On a side note, my former sister in law sees spirits regularly, but I'll share those stories another time. Please forgive my typos and have sweet dreams. Love Erin. Oh Ooh, fuck. That was a good ending too. Yes, it was. That was like a
1: movie, like a like a uh-huh. let's not meet ending. Yes. And we want those stories too. Yes, and those in girl. Holy camole. I've never had sleep paralysis, and I never want to after hearing these stories. Nope, nope, nope. Like, no. Well,
0: apparently, how did I miss the mark that if people walk in? How did I miss that? I didn't get the memo, apparently, that people, like, walk in before you get sleep paralysis. The last two stories had it.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. We need more sleep paralysis stories so we can do our own fake controlled research. research yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to make it sound legit. Carrie just had to pop that bubble. Donna and Carrie, I love you guys. (laughs) Okay, I have a true crime adjacent story. I also have another paranormal, but I can send it in another email. So as a young mother in the early 90s, I took my daughter to the grocery store about 9 a.m. one weekday morning, so we got home around 10 or 10.30. She wanted to stay in the backyard and play, but for some reason I made her come inside with me. As I was putting groceries away, there was a knock on my front door, and no one uses that door. So I was a bit startled and looked into the peephole to see three men, several unmarked SUVs, and a badge. What the fuck? I open the door, as you do. Turns out the woman who lived beside us, her yard and horse barn, are right behind our backyard. Well, her new boyfriend had held her hostage all night, beat her, tied her up, but she had gotten away and there was SWAT everywhere. Because he was somewhere in the yard with a shotgun. <gasps> the yard I almost let my kid play in. They would not let us leave my house. We had to stay in the front of the house in lockdown. A few long hours later, the nice man came back to say he had shot himself in the horse barn. <gasps> so that happened. Jackie. Oh
0: my God. Whoa. Whoa. Man, mother's intuition though, knowing not to right? send her to the yard.
1: Holy, you always look through the people thinking, one, you're not going to see anything, or two, it's going to be Girl Scouts selling yeah. cookies, and you're like, sign me up. Yeah, I'll take five boxes. I mean, that's a dream, but yes, <laughs> but to see, you know, police. police. And oh my god, all the, like SWAT. Meanwhile, at first, I was like, is it real police? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, okay, good job. You're not going to get me. I'm not going to open my door. You're fake. <laughs> like, And then I was arrested.
0: Yes. Oh my God. How scary. How sad that that woman was hostage all night. Bless. Oh God. I cannot even imagine.
1: Wow. Good story, though. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I love that she said, picture it California in 2018.
0: My cousin is my best friend. He introduced me to your podcast, and I am so hooked. Back in July, his wife, who was battling cancer for nine years and kicking butt, had a really bad infection and went to the hospital in critical condition. I was at his side through some rough days as often as I could be. Her mom and stepdad came out from Ohio to be with her daughter. She made a marvelous recovery, but it was dicey for a few days. You can imagine the stress and sleeplessness. We were in need of a good laugh. Well, God provides. We were in the family waiting room chatting with my cousin's mother-in-law about her long drive overnight from Ohio. She said it was good for except one thing. They were driving down dark, lonely highways in the early morning hours. All of a sudden, it felt like something had sideswiped or rammed into the side of the car. It was a tremendous boom. Then they realized the side mirror was totally gone. Being very frugal, practical people, they pulled over to look for it and called the highway patrol to get a police report for insurance purposes. There was no sign of the mirror, and they took pictures of the damage, again, for insurance purposes. But they were totally confused about what just happened. The highway patrolman showed up and said, I think I know what it was. He drove off back the way he came and returned a short time later with the body of an enormous... You guessed it. Owl. Oh, fuck. Meanwhile, as soon as we heard this twist, my cousin and I exchanged a look and burst out laughing. Everyone around us was very confused, but they're used to our end jokes so whatever. The patrolman said that owls often mistake mirrors for prey, so I guess it's a common occurrence. What the fuck? How did we not know this was a thing? And more importantly, why didn't they get a picture of that damn Owl. Oh, well, at least everyone was okay, except for the owl, and my cousin's wife is in rehab now. Cancer sucks, y'all. Creep it real.
1: Oh. My. Gosh. The subject of this was, that
0: time, it really was an owl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you didn't read it to me. No, oh my god. (laughs) Those damn owls. That was great. (laughs) Oh, shit.
0: Oh, my God. And yes, cancer sucks.
1: Yes. And I'm so glad that his wife made a recovery. She's in rehab now. Mm-hmm. Which so, is amazing. That was an amazing story. Yes. Good endings and a great surprise. Who, who, hoo, hoo. <laughs> 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 <Hoody> hoo. <laughs> This is called Mario and the Ouija. That's how she wanted it to be pronounced. Donna, Carrie, my dear darlings... <laughs> So I'm finally, finally, finally emailing you my Ouija board stories. Girls, I could write an entire book, and I'll warn you now that this is a long one, but I'll do my best to keep it interesting. And sorry, there's no Mario Brothers reference beyond the subject line. (laughs) Let's dig in. I was first introduced to the Ouija board when I was about six years old. The board was actually my mom's old quote-unquote game from the late 50s, early 60s. My sister, Michelle, who would have been 13, and I started playing with it. I don't remember much happening. I was a bored and itchy, twitchy kid who lacked the patience required to sit for 30 minutes with my fingertips on a shed, waiting for words to be spelled out. Oy vey. <laughs> you say that all the time, Carrie. So my sister used to do it with her friends during sleepovers, along with light as a feather, stiff as a board. Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, in parentheses, she said, "Ever hear of that, honey? Look that up. Freaky. It never worked for us. Me neither. I was never light as a feather, but I was always stiff as a fucking board. Mm-mm, I ain't never been light. Mm-mm. Much less as a feather. They'd be like, Who Who's ready for this? Who's ready?'" And I'm like, "Me, me, me. Who's ready for this? Um. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we might have conjured up something in our house. Who knows? But that's another email. Let's jump ahead to college. Picture it. 1994, (laughs) Kent State University. My roommate and I had a quad room all to ourselves because I guess freshman enrollment was low that year. Naturally, our huge room became the dorm hangout. We used to rent movies, order Papa John's, and tell each other crazy stories. It was a bunch of guys and girls hanging out basically every night in our room. One night we were talking about ghost stories and the subject of the Ouija board came up. We all thought it might be fun to do some kind of seance with Ouija in our room just for kicks. Not a good idea. Mm Mm-mm. We tried to figure out if anyone we knew on campus had a Ouija board but had no luck. Then I remembered I was heading home that weekend and knew that we had my mom's old Ouija in the board game cupboard. And I promised to bring it back. Mm Mm-mm bad idea. Back to school with the board in hand, we all got together that night, candles lit and ready to get down to business. Of course, it wasn't nearly as exciting as we hoped. Slow and steady, we quote-unquote played along for an hour. The longer we hung on, the more active the board seemed to get. We did it again a couple of nights later and a couple of nights after that until it became almost a nightly thing as if we were addicted or something. We had friends from other dorms across campus coming over nearly every night to scarf down Papa John's. It was a Ouija and chill. (laughs) My one friend had told us that her mom had asked the Ouija board when she was a kid who she would marry. It spelled out two Daves. I happened to know that this friend's stepdad was named Dave, but I didn't know her biological father was also named Dave. For reals. So, when it was my turn to have my fingers on the planchette, I decided to ask the spirit we might be talking to for what my career would be. I was majoring in psychology and minoring in art. It spelled teacher, to which I thought, oh, hell no, I hate kids. Then I asked, when will I get married? It said 1999. Then, nervous but not taking anything too seriously, I asked, who will I marry? At the time, I had a steady boyfriend and thought we were in it forever. Spoiler alert, he turned out to be a dipshit. (laughs) Instead of it spelling out my doofus boyfriend's name, it spelled out J-O-H-N-T-U-R-C. And then some more letters, but I just rolled my eyes and said, whatever. I don't know any John Turkeys or whoever the hell this is. This is stupid. (laughs) That is so something you would do, like be too impatient. Like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Donna, you do it and tell me what it says. Yeah, Donna, finish reading this and let me know. I'll be back. I <laughs> gotta go pee. <laughs> so here's the thing. A lot of crazy life events happened in the years between that night in our dorm room and the day I remembered what the Ouija board spirit said. One day, my sister and I were talking. It was like 2000, and the subject of ghosts and the Ouija came up again because we're total creepsters and love that stuff. All of a sudden, it hit me. I was working as a preschool teacher. It ended up not being my forever career, but still. I did get married in 1999, and my husband's name? John Turchio. So, definitely T-U-R-C. Mm -hmm. And she didn't finish letting it spell it out. I swear to God, it was like one of those movie scenes where a million memories come flooding back and all the clues line up, like the end of The Sixth Sense. I hadn't thought about that stuff in years, and I nearly lost my shit. You'd think I would have been looking for a guy named John when I was single, but honestly, I figured the Ouija board just dished out nonsense and just forgot all about it after that night. But I do remember it spelling out John and the rest of the spelling making me think of Turkey. Although our last name is pronounced Tercio. You were close. It's because Carrie told me how to say it. (laughs) Tally for Carrie.
0: (laughs) It was a pure guess. (laughs) And nine times out of ten, I'm way wrong. And
1: I totally pronounced it Turkey. I'm not even, that's, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Here's what I want to know. Who or what kind of spirit was I talking to? How could it have known this stuff? There's no way I knew it subconsciously. I only met John years later after I moved from Ohio to Connecticut. So I didn't even know of him, let alone his name. Was it my spirit guide, my guardian angel, a ghost with ESP, or gulp, some kind of demon? Honestly, this is what scares me the most. Anyway, the moral of the story, when it comes to the Ouija board, Donna, I'm looking at you. This shit's for real and not to be trifled with, so proceed with caution. All right, girls, you're good sports if you stuck through this whole story. I'm sending you both lots of hugs and giggles, and most of all, creep it real. Love, Deb, from Debbie Draws Funny. P.S. You can totally use my name, but if I were a golden girl, I'd most definitely be a Dorothy. Same. <laughs> And that's Debbie and that's who sent us those cards Mm, that were so freaking good. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Those stories were so good and did not disappoint.
0: No. Can a Ouija board tell me if I'm going to get married? (laughs) Can somebody do that and say, Ouija board, is Carrie going to get married? (laughs) If she is, to whom? Right.
1: Those are good, as always. Did not disappoint. Right. Oh, my gosh. Like, I loved it. I loved it from the intro that Morgan did all the way from the outro that Debbie did. Debbie does outros.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So keep sending them to us, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.